We are in week two of our message series for Lent called Unfiltered. But before we get to this week's message, I just want to take a few moments to comment on this year's Catholic Appeal. So if you are new here or just visiting, you can take the next 90 seconds to relax. At the beginning of Mass, Jared shared some insights about the ways that he and our parish work on, rely on the central ministries of the archdiocese. And then in the, in the video that we saw, and I should just note I was very happy to see our screens working for that. In our video, we saw how the Catholic Appeal supports parishes, schools, communities, and other people in need throughout our archdiocese. I give to the Catholic Appeal because while Ascension is my first love. We are part of a bigger church, and the impact of our bigger church is felt by many. Some of you have already given to this year's Catholic appeal like me, and for that I say thank you. But for everyone else, as you leave today, we will have appeal envelopes, as Jared mentioned. What we're going to do next weekend is we're gonna take the envelope, so I invite you to take some time to pray about your gift or your pledge, and then we're going to collect the envelopes and we're gonna place them by the altar as sort of a, a symbolic gesture of our offering to God. And I use the word symbolic intentionally because some of you are going to give online and that's good too. I thought that was gonna be funny, but no one laughed at the, <laughs> no one laughed at the last mass either, so I guess. I'm gonna take a hint. <laughs> so on behalf of Cardinal Sean and myself, thank you for considering a pledge or a gift to this year's Catholic Appeal. Much of the stuff in our lives is obscured by filters. And as a result, we don't see things as God sees them, and more importantly, we don't see others or ourselves even as God sees us. And this keeps us from being everything that God has created us to be. But from time to time, we do have moments of clarity. And these moments of clarity are important because they help us persevere when things get difficult. Before my grandfather, after whom I'm named, died, he lived with my grandmother at my parents' house. These were difficult times because my grandfather had dementia and he didn't very often even know who we were and it was a lot of difficulties with that. But every now and again, he would have moments of lucidity and he would say something that was just incredibly thoughtful or profound. And you know what? It was those moments of clarity that made all of the difficult times so much easier to bear. So when we go through rough patches, the temptation is that we're going to let the negative filter out the positive. But that's the wrong thing to do because it's the positive that gives us hope. When we only see the negative, it's easy to become cynical, sad, or depressed, and then to see things through those filters. For instance, one time we had an event, and I will say this objectively, it was a success. 
But then on Monday morning, one person complained to me. And that one complaint was the only thing I fixated on. I gave the staff a hard time, all of these things. And if you came back a few days later, you would have thought the event was a disaster. But I made a mistake. I let the one bad thing filter the way I saw all the good, and I missed it. Fixating on the bad filters out the good. Fixating on the bad filters out the good. But really, it's supposed to be the other way around. We're supposed to see things through the good so that the bad is filtered away. Even in the darkest tunnel, there is light on the other side. In a way, that's the lesson from today's gospel. But to grasp the significance of Jesus' transfiguration, we need to consider an event uh, that happened or an impact on the apostles of something that happened six days before the scene we just read. So prior to this scene, Jesus was with his apostles. They were in Caesarea Philippi. And it was there that for the first time, Jesus shared with them how he was going to accomplish his mission. So this is what he told them. He said they were going to go to Jerusalem and then he was going to suffer many things at the hands of the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. And then ultimately, he was going to die before rising on the third day. As very often happens in the scriptures, the disciples and apostles, they didn't get that last part about rising. They just fixated on the death, and this impacted the way they felt. Even in the next scene of the gospel, Peter tries to tell Jesus off, which as you know, that usually doesn't go very well. So Peter was crushed, and I'm sure the other apostles were crushed with him. Maybe they were worried about this meant that all the sacrifices that they had made to this point were in vain. Maybe they were sad because they didn't want to lose someone they loved. Or maybe they were worried because they thought that they might have to die too. They were slow to understand. So to set them straight, Jesus took his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, and he led them up a high mountain. And on that high mountain they were praying, and as we read, Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. For a brief moment, the filter of Jesus' humanity was pulled back so that those privileged apostles could behold him in all of his divine glory. And I'm sure in that moment, all of the sadness that they carried all the sadness that was weighing down their hearts melted away. And in that unfiltered moment of clarity, they were strengthened for the future. St. Bede puts it this way, in a loving concession, our Lord allowed Peter, James, and John to enjoy for a very short time the happiness that lasts forever so as to enable them to bear with, to bear adversity with greater fortitude. 
And the same thing happens with us in those precious moments when God allows us to remove the filters from how we see things. You know, this happens like when maybe when we receive an insight in prayer, when we maybe are able to grasp a problem clearly for the first time or experience intimacy with a loved one and then because of those things, we can see what's really important. In those moments of clarity, the filters are removed and we are strengthened for the future. In moments of clarity, filters are removed and we are strengthened for the future. The scene of Jesus' transfiguration ends as we hear the voice of the Father say, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now the listen to him part is important because right after this ends, Jesus again reminds the disciples that he's going to die. There's no escaping the cross. But more importantly, in removing the filters, the Father reveals who Jesus is. And more than just revealing who Jesus is, the Father reveals who Jesus is to him. Not just a son, but a beloved son. And perhaps the worst filters that we have are those that keep us from seeing who we are to the Father. You are not just a child of the Father. You are the Father's beloved child, worth all of the blood, every drop of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And nothing that befalls us or nothing that we do can change that. As we get caught up in the the struggles and the sufferings of life, that truth though, it can be filtered away. So my prayer, my, my deep prayer, my deep prayer for me and my deep prayer for you is that when we face these times of adversity, we can hold on to the truth that, the clarity of that truth, that we are the Father's beloved child, no matter what.